Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a great question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to talk about uh, um, celebrating diversity, equality, and blended families uh, through a uh, children's book. It's part of the Free to the Frog book series. Um, and uh, here to talk about that is the uh, the book's author, uh, creator of the Free to the Frog book series, Nadine Haruni. Um, Nadine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on, Tom. Did I say your last name right? I'm terrible with names, Nadine. <laughs> you did. I'm very impressed because most people get it wrong. <laughs> Well, I was I was really paying attention when you identified yourself when you called in, and and thanks Great. thanks again for joining me. But um, let me let me start right out with the with the tough question: um, is is it? Are there subjects that can't be addressed in children's books in in a way that that helps them learn the way? that your series does for ages 3 to 11 or pre-K to 3rd grade? In my opinion, no. I I'm I try to write about real life things. Real I mean there might be some things that are too complicated or sophisticated for kids to really understand, but I talk about real life mainstream things, um obviously not applicable to everybody, but certainly not unique or rare. And I think these are all topics that parents should, a lot of parents feel uncomfortable about broaching 
feel that it's difficult to broach these topics, which was my reason and my impetus to write the books, because I myself was in these situations where I didn't know how to begin these conversations. So it's meant to be conversation starters for parents who are in these situations, for teachers who who want to bring up the subject for maybe a topic such as, let's say, diversity they want to talk about as, as an important topic they could use this book. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, basically sort of jam any kind of difficult topic down kids' throats. It just in a lighthearted way brings up stories where these topics end up coming out in the, in the story. And it's meant to also not only help these kids who are in the situations feel more comfortable and that they don't, that they're not different in, a, different in a bad way, but also to make other peers more understanding, aware, and cognizant of these things going on that they may not recognize in their own immediate world. Is our um, frogs better equipped to explain these things than lions and tiger, tigers and bears? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh, I th- <laughs> good I mean, good I catch, Nadine. <laughs> Thank you. I guess my coffee was strong enough this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> I think so. I mean, Frida, I tried to make Frida sort of a very funny, cartoonish-looking character, I on my on my Frida the Frog YouTube page we put a one minute animated trailer for the newest book and also for the series to make Frida really come to life and I tried to make her not look like a regular frog with her glasses and her pocketbook and her lipstick and stuff to try to make it a little more lighthearted so kids can hopefully smile when they see her and and the idea is that the characters in these books experience things that maybe some of the kids reading have experienced and and feel somehow isolated by and it is has it been your experience that that through these stories they can relate and feel like well maybe it's not just me Yes, that that is that it has been my experience. It's been my my kids' experience because my kids have been through all of the scenarios in each of the stories I've written thus far. I I I know that it's been helpful to a lot of kids because at book events and stuff, a lot of them have come up to me. Kids have written to me on Instagram to tell me that the stories help them. So I'm targeting those kids who might feel like it's just me, it's just my family that doesn't look like everybody else's, but also to try to create a level of empathy amongst their peers because just a lot of kids, especially young kids, might not have encountered friends with these situations before. So might make these kids feel uncomfortable, not not trying to be mean. They just don't understand. Um, how many books are in the Free to the, the Frog book series? So there's five books thus far. Um, there will be more coming down the road, and each book will tackle a different either family type of situation or real life issue or stuff that kids might go through and each book follows along this frog family as they go through particular situations so far i've touched upon the well the first five books have touched upon topics such as the first one talks about divorce the second one talks about diversity and blended families of all types the third one talks about moving or any kind of major life change, including changing schools or transition. The fourth one talks about losing a pet or losing a loved one, another loved one. And the most recent book, which came out in August, talks about it's, it's written for the LGBTQ plus community, but it's 
um, just in general, reminding kids that families don't look the same and that parenting can come in many forms, not just gay parents. There could be a single parent. Uh, there could It could be a mom and a dad. It could be a single parent. It could be two moms, two dads. It's just reminding kids that parenting com- comes in many forms and that really all, all you need is love to be a family. Now, the newest book, um, Free to the Frog and Her New Blue Family, <laughs> is, is really kind of... Um, uh, uh, the lesson learned there is that blue frogs are cool too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, blue cross frogs are very cool. I married a blue frog. <laughs> I think he's pretty cool. But it's that yes, that was our second book, and obviously it's a very relevant topic right now. Um, it's it's just reminding kids. I mean, my family we we didn't look like let's say a traditional nuclear family, and you wouldn't necessarily assume that we were all a family. My husband is darker skinned than I am. He had three girls. I had two kids and who are lighter skinned and blonde hair, blue eyed. And it's and I was aware that that sometimes we would get looks and stuff. So I wanted all families to feel, whether it's mixed race, mixed religion, mixed ethnicity, that they're no less special or different than other families. And also just reminding kids the the tadpoles remind the, their friends that it doesn't matter what a frog looks like on the outside all that matters is what's on the inside and it's obviously the bigger message not not having negative stereotypes I mean a lot of these kids may hear negative things unfortunately whether it's at home or in the media depending on what they're watching and just may not understand and it's try to, trying to kind of clean the slate from any negative misperceptions they may have do you take the the idea do you get the ideas um, for the the stories that you tell in the uh, Frida books um, from your own life experience, or or do you pick up things from the news? So the first four books um, were written on things that my family and I went through. For the example, the first book, Frida the Frog Gets a Divorce, my kids were one and four when I got divorced. And I didn't really know how to start the conversation with them. And in my opinion, there were not really other children's books out there that conveyed the message in the way that I wanted to. So that was my impetus for getting that out. And each story of the first four stories, that is, um, were things that I went through. My kids and I moved from the city to the suburbs, and they kind of left kicking and screaming eventually. (laughs) Luckily, it worked out, and they love it here. But it's not always all... Uh, a bed of roses when you tell kids you're moving where they have to leave their school. So that's the first four books. The fifth book, which is Free to the Frog and the Two Mamas Next Door, uh, I was motivated to write this one because when I moved, when I lived in the city, I had a number of friends who were gay parents. When I moved to the suburbs, that wasn't the case. And my, my son had one friend, uh, actually it was two, two friends, twins, who had two dads, and that was the only those those were the only friends that I knew of in our town. And I know that now that there were others, but those were the only friends I was aware of who were, had a family like this. And I felt that, wow, it must be not only did the kids themselves might feel a little uncomfortable, but other kids may have questions and innocently might offend these kids or make them feel different in a negative way. So I felt it was an important story to get out there, and it had nothing to do with my family. Unbeknownst to me, in the course of writing the story, my oldest daughter uh, came out to tell us that she was living with a woman and in a relationship with this woman. 
So it actually <laughs> did come true. But uh, one of the future books, for example, which I know I can say with confidence has nothing to do with my family, is it's going to be about adoption. Because I, I know I have no adopted kids out there. <laughs> so, But I just think that that's an important topic and that's, that's another type of family. And then there are some other mainstream issues that I, I plan to write about, such as um, parents, let's say parents going back to work, the primary parent, how kids deal with that, how kids would deal with having a new baby sibling. Sometimes there's mixed emotions around something such as that, how kids might feel with having somebody in their family who has a disability. So those are some future topics, which some of which are, some of which are not relevant to my family personally, but I think are important real-life things that kids go through. And how much do you try to interpret what kids see in media and, and news, especially with kids being sort of trapped at home, you know, and, and spending a lot of time in front of a screen? Sure. Well, I so I've had to change my way of doing things, just like probably almost everybody out there in terms of careers. And I was doing a lot of live events at various venues and stuff before this. And because I recognize that, I've been doing a lot of virtual events. Um, aside from virtual interviews like this, I've been doing virtual story times and stuff to try to give the kids a little bit of an outlet entertainment, hopefully, and even some geared for adults to talk about the series to to try to reach them in another way. It's not, a, you know, negative, of course, is that I'm not actually seeing and talking to people in person, but a positive has been that I'm able to reach people in other states or countries that I might not otherwise be able to reach. So that's what we've been doing. I, I'm not going to write a book specifically about COVID because there already are children's books on that. And, and hopefully it, it is a process when you write a children's book. And ho I'm hoping by the time the book would come out that this is long history. <laughs> hopefully, one can only hope. But, I, <laughs> but there are certain emotions that are going along with this, of course, that I might write about in future books. With the, um, and, and I guess along those same lines, and we've got a break coming up here in about a minute and a half. I hope you'll stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more. Um, well, but, now that you pronounce my name right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it it pays to listen. Um, <laughs> the, um, I, I I guess I'm I'm just really curious to ask if if Frida would ever visit the U.S. Capitol now. <laughs> uh, I think Frida would be a little hesitant. She might <laughs> want to kind of stick to her own pad for now. Well, that's that's fair, and I I, sh <laughs> I share Frida's reticence. Um, yes, but as I, as I mentioned, um, Nadine, I do have to take a short break here, and uh, and we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Um, my guest is uh, Nadine Haruni. Um, she is the uh, creator of the Free to the Frog book series for uh, kids uh, preschool to uh, grade three. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well, 
and then uh, we'll return and talk some more with Nadine Haruni. I'm going to keep pronouncing that name so that it gets more comfortable. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health. There are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Thank you and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives but we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19, where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood, 
or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is the uh, creator of the Free to the Frog book series for kids uh, 3 to 11 or pre-K to grade 3. Her name is uh, Nadine Haruni, and she joins me by phone. Nadine, welcome back, and uh, thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. Um we were talking about the uh, the new book, the uh, Free to the Frog and her new blue family, and how blue frogs are cool too. Um, but we we also were talking about some of the subjects, um, whether or not there are subjects that are um, maybe too too grown up for for kids. Um, is is this a good way to help kids understand the things that they hear about anyway because of the the media that we're all exposed to, especially during these uh, times of sheltering at home? I think so. I think I think these books are meant to be conversation starters. So the kids don't even necessarily they're hearing a, a story, a fun story. It's bright colors. They don't necessarily realize when they're getting the book that they're learning about something or that there's a hidden lesson in there. But especially, for example, the, the second book, Free to the Frog and a New Blue Family, where we do address diversity, that's such a relevant, that's been in the news and such been such a relevant topic for a while. And that is something they're going to hear about. So it's good, it's good to have stories like, hopefully this one, but stories like this where you're in a non-threatening way, bringing up this topic. And in my books, I have at the end discussion questions, which are just some examples of things you could do to ask the kids to get their thoughts and to just openly talk about the topic and then kind of go from there. And this way, when they hear things in the news, they won't be necessarily maybe frightened or confused. They'll have a little bit better understanding of what's going on. How did you get started with this series and and how did you pick Frida to be your spokes frog <laughs> so I started I actually started the series the first book the first draft came in 1998 I, I was always a writer as a hobby and I was already uh, don't hold this against me but I'm also a practicing attorney <laughs> and I was already work, working as an attorney but I knew I wanted to write so I took a course writing and illustrating children's books at a college in Manhattan and in that in that class we learned how to the format and how to write a story from start to finish all the things that go into it and at that time I really had no idea the teacher had said after the book was done I should try to get it published he really liked it I had no idea how to go about it so I didn't do anything about it but the the name until, that is, until my kids were in that situation, when I, when I felt there was a real impetus to get a story like this out there. But the story itself originated because my mom, whose name is Frida, was going through a divorce, and I wrote this just to cheer her up, and kind of Frida the Frog was a, a, a pun on, on the name Frida. I 
I felt it was something that would make her smile. That was my original reason for writing it. I, lo and behold, I had no idea at the time it would become a relevant story in my own life. I ended up, I joke around with her that she spelled her name wrong. <laughs> she spelled her name F-R-I-E-D-A. <laughs> my Frida is F-R-E-E-D-A. And I did it that way because there's the, the main word free in there. And the series and the, and the character are meant to be an emblem of kids and families being free to be themselves and to have these conversations. How long does it take to, to put one of these together? Do you, um, and, and where and how do the, the images enter into it? So it typically takes me a couple of months to, to write the story itself because I usually think about the topic. Every author works differently. The way I, I work is that I think about the story sort of in my head, and I'll jot notes down here and there, thinking it through how I want to tell the story. And, and remember, it's only 24 pages, and you don't want it to be too dense. This, this, the, the second book, Free to the Frog and the New Blue Family, because there was so much I wanted to get in there, is, is a little dense, more than, so than any of the other books. But I, I felt there was a lot to get in there in, in really only 24 pages. So you have to really think it through how you want to tell your story in the best way possible. And also it's not meant to be, let's say, a, an almanac or, some, or a, a dictionary or an encyclopedia. You're not, you're not telling kids things necessarily in that kind of a way so they realize it's an educational book. You want to tell it in a story, a fun story. So I had to really think it through. So it usually takes me a few months to actually get the story out there. And then I work with the, the illustrator, Tina Madugno, who's, who's wonderful. She really brought Frida to life in the way that I wanted her to, and she's made it very colorful. So then we work through. I give my suggestions for each page, what I think should be happening on the page, what Frida should be doing, what the frogs should be doing. And then she brings that to life. And then... Sometimes there's one or two edits with that, changing certain things. And then formatting it with the publisher, putting everything together in the way you want it to. I've added things in my stories as the books have gone along. So I've, I've kind of learned certain things and added certain things. For example, the later books, not in book one, but books two through five, I have added certain things such as discussion questions. I've added some coloring pages some word searches, stuff like that to make it also more fun for the kids so it's not just a story but it keeps things, the conversation going and also that they have fun activities related to whatever the, that book topic is. So all of that usually takes from start to finish about a year. So it's on the shelves. I mean, then it goes to the publisher, then they have to print it, then, then all that stuff. So all of that is about a year. Since you started doing this series, Free to the Frog, have uh, friends and family just showered you with frogs at every gift occasion? <laughs> Pretty much, I have. <laughs> I, I would expect that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not the crazy cat lady. I look like the crazy frog lady. Now. I have <laughs> so much frog stuff all over. <laughs> so yeah, you could say that. You mentioned in the uh, in, in the previous segment um, that you did a uh, a, a trailer for the book that was animated. Um, did you get the bug maybe to see this become uh, a, a series of little animated features? Yes, that, that is actually the long-term goal. And I found a really great animator. I, ha I have actually, for two of, the, two of the books, 
for Free to the Frog says for Welton Fish is also an animated trailer. But the, the latest one that we did with a different animator, they did two trailers. One is, and they're each one minute long so that I can basically, so I can post them on Instagram, but also not to keep it too long. So one of them is for Free to the Frog and the Two Mamas Next Door, the latest book, and one is for the whole series. And it does give you a glimpse into what we're hoping Frida will be like. I think the, the woman who I had do the voice, she really did a great job. The animator did a great job in bringing Frida to life. So I'm hoping that down the road, that, that's the plan, that Frida can really be coming to kids' living rooms and telling them stories on a regular basis. Do you do any writing projects that aren't related to Frida? Funny you should ask. <laughs> I am actually in the midst of finishing a my first young adult novel, a young adult fantasy novel, which I'm hoping in 2021 I will be getting a agent and a publisher for. And and how will that, uh, aside from from uh, uh, the the narrative being geared toward an older audience how how would that story be different or would you try to do the same things but geared toward an older audience so they're two completely separate projects the frida the frida series well it's geared for younger kids although i've had which i which actually kind of surprised me i've had teenage kids write to me and tell me that they like the story so i'm hoping that I mean, of course, <laughs> Dr. Seuss is on a completely different level, but I know certain books from Dr. Seuss have been appreciated by older kids and stuff like that. So the stories, that, those stories themselves are meant to be really for any age group, but, it's, but primarily it's for pre-K elementary school kids. The novel that I'm writing, which I'm hoping also will be a series, and obviously I have big dreams here, but I'm hoping will eventually be a movie, is a fantasy type of young adult novel, which I'm writing for teenagers, but also just kind of like the Harry Potter series. I'm hoping that adults like it too. Completely separate. It has nothing to do with real life. It's uh, this kid, this teenage boy's alternate world that he finds himself in, which kind of ends up coinciding with his real world. So it's complete fantasy fiction. And... Um when you say fantasy fiction, it, it, it is it um, by genre definition uh, kind of an adventure. So it's the, the it, is, it is an adventure story. They they would call it young adult fantasy would be the genre in terms of how a publisher would or an agent would classify it. It is sort of an adventure story, but it's it's without giving away too much. It's, it's alternating with this with this teenage boy's real life and this other life he has going on and how those worlds kind of end up sort of coinciding a bit. And um, then would you want to maintain both series at the same time? That's, that's, yes, that's the plan. So at the moment, I've been typically writing about one book a year for the Frida series. I am planning to pick up writing another Frida book probably next year. This year I was focusing on writing the, the novel since I, since I can't. It's 
can't really focus on two separate projects at the same time, but I'm, I'm going to be promoting both projects separately because it is reaching families in a different way. The novel is more of a complete escape from reality and just meant to really be something enjoyable, not teaching the kids anything really. Uh, other than, I mean, there is somewhat of a, a lesson in there. It's just encouraging kids to use their imagination and to be hopeful, but it's not really a clear-cut lesson, let's say, the way the Frida series is. And with the um, with the new book, Nadine, I'm I'm always fascinated by the creative process. This has got to be very different um, in the way you work on this book, uh, as opposed to the way you do the stories for the Frida books, or or are they very similar? You're right. The first instinct was right. Completely separate. The with this, the story, I actually started the novel about 10 years ago with my mom. We originally came up with an idea, and we outlined kind of a sort of the chapters, and then we never really did anything with it. And it, it was also harder to write with somebody, especially when you don't live together. So that, that was a little bit challenging. And then I really, it was something in the back of my mind that I always knew I wanted to get back to, because I kept thinking through over the last 10 years, I would at random times, think through different ideas for the story. When COVID started and everybody's world got kind of thrust into a little bit of disarray and trying to kind of navigate through this new situation, I found myself home a lot more. I wasn't commuting to work anymore. And I had a lot more free time that I kind of it kind of motivated me to sort of fill the time with working on the book. So I, I picked it back up again in March. And throughout the course from March until now, I, well, until I say like September, I had been getting different different thoughts at different times would come up. And, and basically I would kind of jot it down here and there and constantly be revising things and, and reworking the story. I also talked through a lot of it with my teenage son, who's really my target audience, and he would come up with some really interesting ideas which incorporated into the story. So it was a completely different process because it's 30 chapters and trying to really kind of come up with different ways and, and ending the story in a way. The Freedom books, each book picks up where the last one left off, but I, I can kind of sum up that particular topic in 24 pages. With the novel, it's totally different. You want it to be interesting. You want the chapters to flow. And, and if you have dreams of it being a series, end it in a way that leaves, hopefully, the readers wanting more and kind of wondering what's going to happen next. So thinking through all that, there's been a lot of variations and rewrites and stuff like that. So now I'm, now I'm in the editing stage, and I have a couple of friends and also my son and his friends who are both very smart and avid readers who are editing just to make sure well for my son and his friend i want to make sure that i i come off i sound a little bit like i'm speaking like a 15 year old boy who's a narrator and not a middle-aged mom <laughs> so uh, right now we're doing the editing stage and then in this year this coming year i'm hoping to move forward and get it published with the um with working on the new book and and i i have to i have to sing your praises nadine because I have talked to so many people and, and several writers who didn't really use the stay-at-home time during the pandemic 
to be productive that that somehow they were just sort of shell shocked i i you know thought myself of all of the things that i might have gotten done over this last year and didn't so kudos to you for uh for actually hunkering down and saying you know i've got some time now i can i can work on this um good for you i've I've talked to some uh, pretty successful writers that said no i was just kind of a deer in the headlights i wasn't really (laughs) all that productive during the pandemic so far anyway It's it's, it's definitely tough and also i think with writing it's the kind of thing a lot of times you just kind of you have to be inspired and you have to just be motivated and just be in a position where you want to do it and for me it was COVID and having all this time and it just motivated me to really work on it but not everybody works like that it's hard to it's hard to operate as a writer also under any kind of deadline I think you just when 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 you feel inspired to sit behind the computer is when you can move forward with the um uh, I, I guess what I was going to ask you is I, I notice you have a website, and and is the um, are the are the trailers for Frida on the on the website? Yeah, so the trailers for Frida are on the website, which is FridaTheFrog.com. That's F-R-E-E-D-A TheFrog.com, and also I have I do put them periodically, and they are now in my on my Instagram pages on the Instagram TV. All of my social media is Frida the Frog, all one word, F-R-E-E-D-A-T-H-E-F-R-O-G. And the same thing on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, which I would love for your listeners, anybody interested, to subscribe. And I update it with my story time videos, which are fun things parents can watch with the kids. And I also do have the animated trailers on there as well. Well, Nadine, it's been a... a real privilege and and an honor to get to know you a little bit and to talk about this and this sounds like uh, a a great project Um, both the the Frida series and this new series sounds like it'll be uh, it'll be fun too thank you so much I appreciate it and thank you for having me on your show okay take care that was uh, Nita or Nadine Haruni she is uh, the winner of the Gold Mom's Choice Award um, for dealing with hot-button issues in her Free to the Frog series. And the new book is Free to the Frog and her new Blue Family. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music>
be staying here inside It's too dangerous out in the world I'll see you on the other side When I'm in my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching and I'm missing you The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go.
East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. The Bickersons have retired. As usual, Mrs. Bickerson tosses restlessly while her husband, John, insomniac extraordinary, provides this audible testimony of his constant wakefulness. Let's listen. the love of heaven. What is he doing? John. John! John! What's the matter with you? You are making the most frightful noises. What's the matter? What's the matter, Blanche? Are you in pain? I've got a terrible headache. Haven't slept a wink. You've been sleeping like a felled ox. Head aches. You wouldn't have such a headache if you didn't make so many cocktails before dinner. Why do you do that, John? Always do it. Why? No good to eat on an empty stomach. Put out the lights, Blanche. 
The lights are out. How would you know anyway with that sleep shade on? Well, something's flashing in my head. Ow! Take an aspirin. Okay. Hmm, feel better already. How can you chew those things like that? Wash it down with something. All right. <sighs> John Bickerson, you washed it down with bourbon. You lied to me. You got the lights on. Yes, I'm going to keep them on. Sit up. I want to talk to you. Please, Blanche, I can't sit up. My head will fall off. Why do you always have to talk in the middle of the night? When else can I talk to you? You come home for dinner and bury your head in the paper. Never a word out of you. And you tell me you've got to go to bed early because you have insomnia. Well, I have. It takes me hours to fall asleep. It took you all of 30 seconds tonight. Well, this was a good night. Good night. John. John. I went over to see the Marvin's new baby this afternoon. It's a beautiful child. Do you know their first one is over a year old? I hope so. He's been walking since he was eight months. He must be awful tired. I am too. Children are such a blessing. Mm. It's wonderful to watch them grow up. You'd be surprised how many childless couples are adopting children. I'd better have another aspirin. Boy, have I got a headache. Mm. John, Mm -hmm. don't you miss the patter of tiny feet around the house? No, I don't, Blanche. Children are wonderful, all right, but you have to be able to afford them. All this talk of adopting. What the devil is that? What's what? That. Put the lights on. John. Blanche, don't tell me that you went out and... It's only a dog, silly. A a dog? What do we need dogs for? I got a little puppy. Where's the aspirin? What did you get a dog for? Now, don't get hysterical. Where is the little beast? I can hear it, but I can't see it. He's right there, in the bureau. I've got him in your shirt drawer. You put him in there with my shirts? He won't suffocate. The drawer's open. Blanche, you know I'm allergic to dog hair. It gives me sinus trouble. Where's the aspirin? You are just a big hypochondriac. You imagine those allergies like you do your insomnia. I tell you, I'm allergic to dogs. They make me... make me... Get rid of that thing. He'll whine all night and keep me awake. The man said he'll keep quiet if you give him one of those worm pills. Well, where are they? On the night table by your bed. How do you give a dog? Where? They're on the night table by your bed. There's nothing here except the aspirins. The aspirins are in the medicine cabinet. How can they be in the... Blanche, what have I been eating? No wonder my headache won't go away. Why do you do these things to me? Send for a doctor. Don't carry on so. If they're good for a dog, they won't hurt you. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. Here I am dying from dog poisoning. My, my head is splitting. She knows I'm allergic to dogs, hides the aspirin, and makes... I don't know. Get up so early, never get another wink of sleep as as long as... John? John? Hmm? tight. Thanks. I can see how much sleep I'm going to get tonight. We'll have to get rid of the puppy. Now you're talking. I want you to take him down to the dog pound. Okay, I'll do it on my way to work. You go in the opposite direction. Well, I'll go out of my way. You say it, but you won't do it. You better take him now. What? Go on, get up, take the puppy to the dog pound. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's after two in the morning. They're open all night. Go on, get up and take him. Well, I've never heard of such a thing. 
You know I went to bed with a splitting headache and had to take a dozen worm pills to fall asleep. You'd take the dog to the pound quick enough if Gloria Gooseby asked you to. How do you always manage to work the conversation around a Gloria Gooseby? Well, if you wouldn't shout so much, maybe the puppy would be able to sleep. Ah, what's the use? Good night. I thought it would be nice to have a little dog, especially when we move into our new apartment. Still have a year to go on this one. Our lease expired on Friday. I renewed it yesterday. I canceled it this morning. Amos is raffling off the apartment for me. That's a good idea. Amos is what? Amos sold 500 tickets at $2 a piece, and the winner moves into our apartment tomorrow. Oh, Blanche, no. I... I don't believe it. We'll be on the street. Amos said he'll find us a new place in a jiffy. Jiffy? Haven't you heard there's a housing shortage? Where would he find a place? Well, I bought a ticket myself. It's a wonderful chance. Lovely three-room apartment, large kitchen, big closets. It's worth $2, and we might get it. Get it? We've got it now. I know. But even if we didn't win, we get the $1,000 Amos collected for the rest of the tickets. Look, Blanche, I gave the landlord a $1,200 bonus to renew the lease. So now I'm out $200 and I've got no place to live. Sounds like pretty poor business to me. Why do you make such deals? Now look, Blanche... The trouble with you, John, is that you are too conservative. Look, Blanche... If you'd pick up some of the deals that Amos has, we might be able to live as nicely as he does. Blanche... He's been living at the Biltmore Hotel for a year. He sleeps on a billiard table. Look out. Where's my slippers? What are you going to do? Let me get to that phone. I'll show... Ow! Ooh! Ooh! Put on the lights! The lights are on. Open your eyes. Oh. Here's here's the phone. I know it's going to ring, and I want to be ready when it does. Hello? Excuse me. Drop dead. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That wasn't Amos. I'll get it. I'll get it. Amos. Hi, Jacko. What are you doing up this time of night? Packing, Amos. We're moving, haven't you heard? Why aren't you going to invite me in? I'd like to look the place over. You mean... Yep, I won the raffle. Darndest luck I ever saw. Who drew the ticket, Amos? Fair and square. I wouldn't take a chance having some phony draw it, so I drew it myself. What a coincidence. Get out of here. What's the matter with you, Jacko? You got a thousand dollars coming. And if you're worried about a place to live, I'll rent you the garage. You haven't got a car anymore, you know. Get out of here before I hit you with a cleaver. Okay, Jacko. You don't have to get sore. You better give the money back to people you sold tickets to, or you'll have a lot of explaining to do. Not me, brother. You'll have to do the explaining. I'll tell them you won. Good night, Jacko. That guy will wind up on a chain gang as sure as... Was it Amos who won? I did. Now at last I can go to sleep in my own bed without worrying. No, you can't, dear. The dog's in there. But, oh, nuts. I'll sleep in the garage. Good night, John. Sumner 
thetomsumnerprogram.com thetomsumnerprogram.com Well, hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to all my guests today, including, uh, of course, uh, Gold Mom's Choice Award winner, Nadine Haruni, creator of the Free to the Frog book series, talking about her newest book, Free to the Frog, and her new Blue Family, proving uh, once and for all that blue frogs are cool, too. And uh, before that, our uh, very interesting discussion about... Um, the difficulties that faced retail and restaurants during the uh, past year because of the pandemic with uh, Zenreach CEO John Kelly. And we started out with uh, the newest of uh, the Rick Riordan uh, Presents series, City of the Plague God, by um, Sarwat Chada. And uh, tomorrow on the show, we have uh, economist... Chris Douglas will kick things off, but it's Wednesday, which means armchair politics. And uh, we'll have uh, Jan Worth Nelson joining our roundtable regulars. So join us for Armchair tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.